Welcome to the Relaxed Running Podcast, the show that helps runners and athletes in running-based sports transform the way they run. Here's your host, Tyson Popplestone. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to the Relaxed Running Podcast. Thank you so much for being here. Man, I can't believe how close we are to 200 episodes now. That time's gone fast since I started this in a mate lounge room in Sydney back in 2019 while he had a sleep on the couch. <laughs> I was sitting at the dining room table interviewing James Gurr. Man, it's uh, it's incredible. And uh, over that, over that, what is that, three and a half years now? Is that right? Three and a half years. Um, man, we've got thousands of you listening now from all around the world. It's great to have you guys on here. From what I can tell, um, I mean, there's a there's a mixed bag of athletes. We've got men, women. We've got elite athletes who tune in. We've also got brand new and uh, I guess you'd say amateur or community level athletes. Uh, I hope, regardless of what level you're competing at, this is offering a, a whole heap of value to you. If it is, would would love it if you could jump across and and leave a review on the podcast platform that you use. It just helps the podcast rank more highly. Um, and it also gives a, a little bit more swagger to the show. So when I approach some bigger and better guests, they can look at it and go, oh, this guy must be onto something. <laughs> but I know I rarely, I listen to a lot of podcasts and I rarely go and leave a review unless they ask me for it. So uh, if this is a show that has been of benefit, hey, if you could take two minutes to go and do that, I'd be, be super, super grateful. Today, I wanted to talk to you about the benefits of having a running coach. Now, this comes uh, uh, from years in the sport. I competed from the age of 14 or 13 to 26, 27 maybe. But I've never really been far from the sport. In that period, I, I think I worked with like four or five coaches. First one was in Western Australia. I, I lived there as a young guy and I, I first worked with a coach called Margaret Saunders. Uh, moved back to Victoria and trained with a guy called Joe Carmody. Then I went and trained with Sean Crichton. Um, uh, just so you know, I wasn't just jumping from coach to coach because I was sick of them. Poor Joe, he'd passed away. I left Marg because we left WA. Um, after Joe, I went and worked with Sean Crichton, as I said, who was the Australian 10,000 meter record holder at the time. After that, moved back to Victoria where I trained with Rod Griffin. And then after uh, a few years with Rod, who was an amazing coach, amazing guy, I had a last uh, crack at the sport. I was essentially just seeing if he could work some magic, and he did to keep me in the sport for a year at this point with a good friend of mine, Adam Diddick, who was uh, obviously a well-respected coach here in Australia. All of the coaches had some really strong strengths or some really big strengths um, that I look back on and I've reflected on in preparation for this that I don't think I would have lasted as long in the sport without. And the reason I want to talk to you about this today is because I had a conversation with one of my newer athletes and she said, oh, I, was, I was really hesitant to reach out to you because I thought you only worked with elite level athletes and I just didn't know whether, you know, what you offered was relevant to me. And I thought, oh my gosh, isn't that crazy? Like, because I, I genuinely believe that not only do elite level athletes need a coach, but especially athletes who are newer to the sport just need someone to help guide them. Because as you would have seen through the fact that there's 200 episodes on here and we're just getting started and you Google running advice and I mean, there's endless amounts of opinion and advice and approaches to different training for, for different ages at different levels. It, it can be really overwhelming. So like anything, having someone who's been involved in the sport for a long time can offer a, a number of things. But today I wanted to talk about five specific things. It's not going to be a really long podcast, but I just wanted to offer a little bit of food for thought. Whether you are a coach or whether you're an athlete, here's some food for thought as to some of the benefits that I, I got as an athlete, but I also try and offer 
as a coach. So without further ado, let's jump into it. The first one I had was uh, uh, having someone as a sounding board. Now, as I said, there's a lot that goes into preparation for your running training. And there's a lot of information out there about what you should be doing for your running training. So when it comes to a plan, and when it comes to your approach to certain races, having someone as a soundboard is really beneficial because often, or I would say almost certainly, there's no one as invested in anything that you're doing than you are yourself. And that sounds like a bad thing when you're speaking about a coach, but the truth is we're probably next in line. But the reason that's good to have someone slightly less emotionally tied to whatever, whatever it is that you're invested in is often when our emotions have calmed down or when our emotional connection to something isn't as high, we can sit back and see more clearly what it is that we're working towards. I've noticed this with my own running. And for those of you who have been listening for a little while now, you'd know that I'm preparing for the Melbourne Marathon in October this year. It's been a a rocky first couple of months with calf strains and calf injuries. And uh, though over time I've got on top of that, I think if I had have had a coach who was keeping me accountable and asking me questions and finding out what it was that I was doing to treat it, to heal it, to strengthen it, uh, uh, there's a very good chance that the recovery process would have gone a lot better. I know Adam Diddick for a fact wouldn't have allowed me to take the approach that I've taken to returning from this calf strain and uh, uh, that would have been a good thing. So to have that sounding board, to have that person there that you can go to with ideas, and frustrations and stresses and um, anxieties and goals, I think that's a huge thing. Not only because it takes away some of the emotional pressure from you, but also because it can it can actually allow you to dream. Because some athletes come to me and say, hey, Tyus, I want to try and break a four-hour marathon. And I'll go, okay, hey, let's have a look at your past six months. Let's have a look at your race results. Let's have a look at your training. Let's have a look at uh, the progress that you've made. And then at the end of that, I say, you want to you break four hours for the marathon? I reckon you can run three hours 15. And so with that said, sometimes we're there to actually expand the horizons of what you're capable of. And then with that, hopefully bring you along with us. So uh, this was one thing that, that happened to me with every single coach I had. I would go to them and say, hey, I think I'm capable of this. And they would either say, mate, hey, let's keep working towards it or you're capable of far more And I used to love those, you're capable of far more conversations because I knew that with the experience that these coaches had, I I trusted them. I trusted their judgment and I knew they wouldn't just say things like that just to, um, you know, try and give me some little false confidence boost. And I would always go out and either run very, very close to or faster than whatever it is that they predicted I could run. And and that's no surprise. I, I think the trust that you develop in a coach like that and the faith that they have in you, it sort of works together in this weird partnership that takes you to another level. So if you're just running at it by yourself, first of all, that's not as fun. Second of all, it can be a really emotionally draining thing. And third of all, you might not be getting as much out of yourself as what you're capable of. Maybe you're underestimating yourself because you're too emotionally tied to whatever story it is that you've been telling yourself. A coach is a great sounding board and a great vision caster. So that is the first one. The second one, which I I sort of mentioned there in the first one, which I think is one of the biggest benefits to running performance, is a coach is a great person to plan with. Now, when we say plan, obviously, excuse me, at different points in our running career, we're going to be targeting different races. Now, to sit down by yourself and to come up with a plan is great, but one of the best ways to refine anything 
is to bounce those ideas off another person. You might sit down and you go, okay, I want to run a marathon. I think my best approach is to run 25Ks on a regular basis. And then you go to a coach and they say, okay, well, that's a nice foundation, but don't you think as it's your first marathon, maybe it'd be better for our runs to get up to around that 40 kilometer mark once or twice throughout the 16 week buildup just to give you more confidence in your ability to do it. And you can either go, no, no, I don't think that's true. Or yeah, okay, actually it's a good point. So either what you're doing is justifying why it is you want to take the approach that you're taking or being open to the feedback of someone who's hopefully been in the sport for, um, you know, if not a lot longer, they've been a lot more invested in it than you and as a result have some really helpful tools to offer. So I think that plan element of running performance is absolutely huge. The other thing is Adam Diddick used to always say that he writes his plans in pencil and, and this is something that stuck with me and it's an approach that I take with every athlete that I work with. The, the idea that you're writing a plan in pencil is it suggests that life happens. You're going to get sick. You're going to get injured. You're going to have a niggle. You're going to be tired. The kids have um, shat the bed. <laughs> I'm not sure. <laughs> that was the first thing that came to my head. Um, but, but you know what I'm saying? Like life happens. There's going to be days where what is penciled down or what is written down on your training program it's just not going to happen. The flight's delayed. The car breaks down. You get in a fight with your lady or your husband. I mean, we've we've all been there. You know exactly what I'm talking about. And you go to bed and you can be angry and you go, oh, okay, well, I guess I've just stuffed up that. No, no. Well, with a coach, you can either reschedule or you can take comfort in the fact that the, the plan has actually been created in a way that allows for these things to come up. So rather than just stewing on your own frustration, I think having someone who's on your side, who's a bit of a cheerleader for you, and who also has great knowledge, not only you as an athlete, but your history in the sport and the sport itself is, is incredibly beneficial. So if you're doing the planning by yourself, would highly encourage you, if you don't have a coach, either to find one or to reach out to a person that you trust just to bounce ideas often because the planning element when you can go to someone and just sharpen that saw and go back and forth with ideas man there is no better way to boost your confidence as an athlete than taking something like that into your training plan when you go out there each day and you go okay i know exactly what i'm out here doing today i know why i'm doing this session i know why i'm doing it at this pace because i know what it is that we're targeting man that does something to your confidence rather than going out and going oh i, I hope i hope this is a roundabout what I, what I should be doing, like you train with that level of confidence and it almost makes training stressful. You go out and you go, oh, I just, I'm not really 100% sure if this is the right approach. Hey, come up with a really solid plan with someone that you trust and go out there and run with absolute confidence knowing that regardless of what it is you guys face along the way, you're going, you're going to be able to navigate your way through it with, uh, with confidence. The third thing is the, uh, the accountability factor. How many of you, honestly, especially athletes who, uh, they've got one toe in the water of distance running, go, oh, maybe I'll just take today off. I'll just have an easier day. Now, a lot of distance runners have the reputation for, for being quite good at pushing themselves beyond that. I mean, this, the very nature of the sport suggests that we have to be good at pushing past levels of discomfort. But, but I know we have days. I know we have days. And with my athletes, I post all of the training on training peaks and I can see, okay, what intensity did they hit that run at? Why did they why did they miss that day? And on our weekly or fortnightly phone call, I'll touch base, I go, hey, I noticed you missed Wednesday. And they'll go, oh yeah, I was um yeah, it's just been a little bit lazy. And the awkwardness of that conversation suggests that there's some benefit 
in having someone to keep you accountable. It's the same is true for anything. Tony Robbins, who I used to love growing up and still listening to him last night, actually, he, he talks about this idea of accountability or leverage. So if you want to get something done, make sure the consequences of not doing it are huge. So I had a mate, well, my brother-in-law actually said he wants to get fit. He wants to start going to the gym. And I said, okay, give me $1,000, right? $1,000 US, he's living in America. And if you do two gym sessions every week for all of this year, I'll give that $1,000 back. And if you don't, I keep that $1,000. Now, <laughs> he hasn't gone ahead with it. And part of that might be the fact that he's not as committed as what he might think he is. But the beauty is that if you actually follow through with that deal, the only way you're going to get your $1,000 back is to actually go through the agreed upon rules that, that you and whoever it is that you're, you're doing makeup. Now, I don't say to my athletes, you have to give me $1,000 if you don't do the session, but the very conversation at the end of each week is often enough for them to go, oh crap, I'm going to have to talk to Tyson. Uh, if I'm going to, I have to justify this and okay, just go and do the run. <laughs> do you know, so It's not like I'm the kind of coach that's like, why haven't you been running? But if there's not a good reason for it, I say, hey, look, you're paying me for coaching. You said you wanted to get on board because you're serious about this. You said you got a target in mind. You said you were willing to put in the work. Uh, we, we can't just be missing sessions every week if you want to see the improvement. And that's why I always encourage athletes, hey, if you come to me, you've got to make sure you're willing to actually do the training because you can be the best coach in the world and you can be the best athlete in the world. And if the coach is setting the training and you're not doing it, you'll never get the results um, that you're hoping to get. So that accountability factor, if you haven't got it, if you haven't got a coach, you don't want a coach, maybe at least, at the very least, make make a deal with a friend of yours that if you don't get X amount of run done in the next, uh, done in the next month, you'll give them $1,000. It has a very good way of, uh, of getting you out of bed before work if you need to or getting out after work. Uh, so I, I highly encourage you to consider that one. The next one is um, just the team or support element. Now, I know I've sort of touched on this in the first one, but running, it's naturally a fairly individual sport. A lot of us do most of our running by ourselves, which is fine, but it can feel very lonely at times. I know from time to time in, in you know my 20 years or, gee, more than that now, bloody hell, uh, 24 years, I'm 36, wow. Uh, my 24 years in the sport, there's sometimes I go out and I go, man, I, just, I wish I had someone to, to celebrate here with. I wish I had someone just to talk to or chat to or whatever. So the idea of making it a little more of a team sport, if you're out there training by yourself, you don't have a group, having someone on your side, yeah, sure, for the planning, for the support and everything like that is is great. But just feeling as though you're a part of something bigger than yourself is is really beneficial. I used to love, my one of my favorite things was after a run where I'd smashed a PB, calling my coach and going, oi, oi, we did it. <laughs> I just absolutely, I remember when I ran 8.10 for, for 3K, I, I called Rod Griffin at the time and I go, hey, Rod, I just beat my PB by eight seconds. And Rod was like, oh, oh. I could just hear the excitement in his voice. And, and the excitement was there because of the fact we were in it together. It meant heaps to him because he was invested in me and it meant heaps to me because I was following and trusting his guidance and we got through the end of it and a huge breakthrough like that. We go, oh my gosh, hey, we did it. It's no longer just about uh, I did it. I always notice this with tennis as well. Whenever Novak Djokovic wins a championship, he doesn't just come off the court and go, oi, I'm the king. He goes, oi, look at the team I had. Look at the support I had. Look at if it wasn't for my physios and my coach and my doctors and my nutritionists and uh, my yoga instructor, none of this would have happened. And you go, ah, oh, he's, a, he's a part of something bigger. And when you're a part of something bigger, man, the accountability, the excitement, the investment, um, just the meaningful, like the, the meaningful nature of what it is that you're pursuing, it just, um, 
it, it just becomes so much bigger. It becomes so much more important. Um, I think the last thing, and this they, they all sort of tie together, it just eliminates so much of the guesswork. Don't leave the pressure on yourself to figure it all out. All right, don't be out there. Training is hard enough by itself. I think I might have touched on this in the first point. I can't remember. They've all sort of blurred together, but I mean, um, like everything running, whether it's mindset, the training, everything comes together for a better performance. So maybe it's um, maybe it's appropriate that this is happening. But uh, uh, don't leave uh, don't leave the house second guessing everything you're doing. Go out there with that plan. Go out there with some confidence in your investment. So. Uh, or, or your training plan. Go out there just with some swagger in your step about what you're doing. There are a few thoughts. I mean, there are endless, endless benefits to having someone on your side. If you are a person who you've got absolutely no idea where to go, you don't have anyone in, in your region or you don't have anyone that you trust or perhaps you're new to the sport, touch base. Touch base. I, I don't know whether you know. I, I coach athletes of all levels. Um uh, if you're interested in running a marathon, you're interested in running your first 5K, you're interested in building up to a point where eventually you'd like to do that. I know a lot of footballers listen to this as well and you're trying to improve your running. If you're after some one-on-one coaching, I've linked the options that I offer for one-on-one coaching below. So uh, it, with all of that said, the coaching with me, I offer uh, each week we have everything up on Training Peaks according to your plan. It's all individualized. There's nothing just copy and pasted and put in like, oh, you're running a marathon, this will do. It's We start off with a phone call. We have a chat about what you're trying to achieve, about where you're at, about how long you've been a part of it, about what your history in the sport is, about what your goals are. After we've done that, we come up with a bit of a plan uh, for a race that you're looking at running. Training is posted on Training Peaks every week. You and I can have a phone call each week or each fortnight, and we've got constant email communication. So it's just that constant sort of communication, as much or as little as you want, that sort of puts what I've just spoken about into practice. Um, if you want something more light, we've got that as well. So depending on your commitment, depending on what it is that you're chasing, is going to dictate what it is that you uh, you know want, want to sign up for. Have a look at the description, um, see the best one for you, get in touch. Let's start with, a. Uh, if you're overseas, let's start with a Zoom call. If you're in Australia, let's have a phone call. I'd love to talk about whether we might be a good fit for each other. Uh, if you've got someone in your area that you've been flirting with the idea of going up and speaking to about some coaching and you trust them, I encourage you to do that as well. Uh, cannot uh, overemphasize how beneficial it was to my own running and cannot uh, overemphasize how much I love doing it with the uh, the athletes that I coach right now. So there's a bit of food for thought for you. Happy training, guys. Any questions, as always, reach out. If you're not a part of the training hub yet, I've linked that in the description as well. Whole heap of bonus podcasts, bonus video archives, bonus blog articles around training, and there's also some coupon codes and things uh, in there for, for a number of courses and camps that we run. So, hey, check that out. Um, thanks for being here. If you could leave a review, that would be amazing, and uh, I'll see you all here again next week. Thanks for listening to the Relaxed Running Podcast. If you're ready to become a faster, more efficient runner, visit www.relaxedrunning.com 